Welcome to a World Champ special of that Greaves and Rooney Sports Podcast. I'm Dan Greaves in the UK. I'm Martin Rooney in Dubai. Wow. Hello, mate. Hey, mate. How's it going? Very well, thanks. I'm sat in the uh, in the Mark Chardelet pad um, somewhere in Nottinghamshire, and you're out in Dubai. I am. I, uh, I, I feel like I should have a picture of you in front of me to talk to. I know. Uh, normally we sat side by sides, but this feels this is like you can't really call it transatlantic because we haven't gone across any seas. But it's a fair old distance. And uh, if I'm uh, if I'm honest, this is a, a life of luxury that I'm not used to. It's almost uncomfortable. It it's sounds so really gosh. really nice. <laughs> so is it hot enough to fry an egg out there? I've heard it. I heard if you put okay, an egg on the pavement so right now, you'd be able to fry an egg. It's 40 degrees right now, uh, which is at 1.30. Um, so that's fairly hot. I don't think it's hot enough to... Well, I'm not going to try. I haven't bought any eggs. And I, it'd probably cost a fortune to buy a, a dozen of eggs out here. So I won't bother trying. Rooney now kicks away. Commonwealth champion for Discus Dan. Rooney gets the goal. Medal at the last four Paralympic Games. Martin Rooney ran a great race in lane one. Great character. Well done, Dan Greaves. So we are, what, a week away, a week today away from the World Champs, I had World Champs in, out in Doha, and we've got Martin Rooney, 400 meter GB and relay expert, and my mate, um, all the way over there, giving us the behind the scenes gossip on the training camp. So w- tell us where you are, mate. Right now, I'm staring at Rabbi Yusuf walking past in his pants. <laughs> I'm here in I'm rooming with the great and, and all powerful Rabbi Yusuf. Uh, so we've roomed together for about maybe a couple of years, on and off. <laughs> Absolute beast. Now like obviously I've been away a few times and stuff and, and you've you've roomed with loads of people. Like do you get to choose who you room with? Or um, is it just you know, I, I know I'm quite well, not particular, but I think it can it can really enhance your performance and and your experience at a chance of, of who you room with? A hundred percent. You can, uh, there is people that you can choose to be with. I think you kind of build a rapport with someone and you, you can, they normally just put you in together. But part of the the information sheet that we get at the start, you get to put down a list of, um, you get down put down three names that you can choose from. Um, but I've always tended to put down people that I don't want to room down. So I say, do not put me with this, this, this because this person snores or this person's messy or this person smells or whatever, you know. <laughs> There's a long list of reasons. Um, and like you said, they can have a, a massive negative impact on your your mindset and your performance going into a championship. So it's something that's definitely worth avoiding. Um, but I'm probably on the list of most people's of, to avoid because I'm bloody annoying. No, I've roomed you with you, mate. It, it was epic. I mean... We had a great time. We had a great time. I think what we were looking at silly vines until 2am in the morning, but... That's highly professional at the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we had a, should be doing it. Yeah, we had a great time. We had a lovely room. Nice. We had uh, nice pictures from the kids in Glasgow, and we had fans and stuff. It was uh, yeah, it was a good, good, good vibe there, wasn't good. it? And then, um, do you take anything to like to make the the room feel homely? Because obviously, you come from like being with family and Kate and and the kids and everything. Do you take anything with you just to kind of like? Uh, no, actually, not. No, I, I I need to know I'm on camp. I need to know I'm here for performance. I'm like we have so many distractions as it is uh, with our mobile phones and my, like social media and stuff like that. It's kind of like uh, for me, um, 
my room is I need to know that I'm on I'm on championship duty as such and uh, in a way like it's uh, it's quite um, it's a bland hotel room sometimes is like not a bad thing I think we are in a very very luxurious hotel in Dubai I don't know if they do uh, cheap hotels in Dubai but this hotel that we're in is rumored to make enough money in two nights during the racing season to pay for the the whole hotel for the rest of the year so wow yeah i think we've got a bit of a deal here because it's not racing season but my view of the race the horse um the race course is it's unbelievable and you can imagine like obviously in dubai and all the things that go on here and racing and um the money that's spent like i could imagine this room goes for a couple of grand for a night so is it the NAS NAS Center that you're saying that? So we're we're staying uh, in a hotel uh, near the NAS Center. We're staying at the the Maidan Hotel, and then we're training at the NAS Center, which is um, short for something else. I can't remember what it is. I've got it here somewhere, but it's um, turns out it's the Prince uh, Prince Faz's. Um, yeah, so it's Nad Al Sheba Sports Complex. Al Sheba, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's it. I'm sure. And um, it is—it's a billionaire's playground. You know, if you're into fitness, this is—it's got everything you could ever want. It's incredible. Um, and it's Prince Faz. Uh, I can't—I don't know his full name, full full title, but he—you um, um, can follow him on Instagram. I think it's just Fazza. <laughs> not Faz Ahmed. <laughs> no, no, not Faz Ahmed. No, and uh, Faz is. Um, he basically seems quite. I, have, I haven't had the pleasure of meeting him yet. Um, hopefully, he's meant to be on site today, and um, we're on the strict protocols not to go and bombard him or anything. Like he'll come to us if he wants to talk to us. So, yeah. Just but get everyone, that golden handshake, like nice to meet. <laughs> well, of all the people I've met him, they've all said he's a really lovely bloke. Like very normal, very down to earth. Um, as far as I'm aware, he was educated in the UK. Like he went to, I think Sandringham for for school uh, secondary school and then um, University College London I think so he, he, he's like a um, very normal down to earth guy for um, and he seems to be very much into giving as much as he can to help people and uh, yeah he's been like the facility here is, is unbelievable um, yeah does that I mean like if anyone wants obviously listening do go and check it out online it, it like the amazing facilities is just it's gobsmacking. I mean, I saw a picture. I think Jamie Webb. Um, we, we've obviously been in cryo chambers before, but he was like literally able to run around in this cryo chamber. It's minus yeah, eight, eighty-seven degrees at for like, yeah, for like two minutes. It wasn't actually cold enough. Minus eighty-seven is not cold enough. I, um, so it's uh, it's meant to go down to minus one ten. His unit here. I think it needs to be set up a bit earlier in the day. But we kind of bombard it and just jump in in the evening. Uh, I've been doing it every day because I feel like cryotherapy is the the best form of recovery with the least amount of side effects, negative side effects. So um, I've been using it as much as possible. And, well, um, uh, you know, for, for like a sprinter like yourself, obviously recovery is key out there, and especially in the heat mm-hmm. as well because it's like magnitude times by a thousand. Um, I don't know how you guys do it, but with the cryo chamber, what, you know, what's the technology and what's the science behind like having, you know, really cold air blasted at you? Jeepus, you put me under pressure here, Dan. Um, so, the cryotherapy unit, um, 
normally they drop down to between i think it's minus 100 and minus 140 i've done it up to minus 150 in uh, a cryotherapy setup that we had in loughborough temporarily but the idea is you go into the minus let's say minus 140 your body uh instantly goes into fight or flight mode uh a survival mode actually and um all the blood rushes to your organs so your limbs and your arms and limbs, whatever the the blood is like rushes out of there and you have to keep moving around so there is some kind of blood flow but um it rushes out in the freezing cold to protect all its organs and then you come out of the the freezing cold and the blood flushes back through your body into all your limbs and stuff and you just basically get like a huge oxygen boost into the muscles there's a um, endorphins flying around because you're You've bought, your body thinks it's survived, even though you know you're safe and whatever. Your body, your 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 subconscious takes over, and um, you get this rush of endorphins. There's uh, evidence to say that it helps testosterone boost. There's evidence to say that it helps with weight loss. It's good for your skin. Um, it's part of the National Health Service in Poland uh, uh, because they've used it with all types of injuries and and health benefits that they found with it. So it's definitely. Uh, for me, I get a very positive reaction from it. I've used it. Uh, I used it in Loughborough when Rainer Ryder was in Loughborough. Um, he was part of the group of people that brought it in, and he encouraged us as a group to use it every day. Then I've used it at championships like Amsterdam. I was very lucky to get to use it at the stadium there, and then again in in London and wherever the opportunity has been for me to use it, I've gone out of my way to use it because I just think it's incredible. Yeah, and then. Um I guess like going from that to then outdoors, how you know, there must be quite a big shock to the system. Yes, from really, really like really cold <laughs> to yeah, so insanely hot. As you'll know, like when you're out here, ev- everywhere is air conditioned to the max. So um, we're actually having to adapt to both. Like the like, I think in the stadium itself, it's going to be 25 degrees or something uh, in Doha, but in the warm uh, the call-up rooms it's meant to be down to like 17 degrees because the aircon's too too high like they've put too much uh they've got the, the temperature down too low so it's um it's kind of like working out the balance between that um as soon as you leave the cryotherapy you're in an air-conditioned recovery center that he has and it's it's not too cold it's like 20 it's mid 20s low 20s and then when you go outside it jumps up to like 38 in the evening like it, we've been training in the evenings because obviously in the morning 40 degrees is a bit a bit much and it drops down to like low 30s in the evening so i think i did a session the other day it started off it was a high 30s and then it, by the end of the session when i was in a bits in uh in the pits as they say hurting um it was down into the low 30s so it was kind of bearable but it's uh it is very tough bonkers but, isn't it? it's, it's um, really bonkers it's what we we've got to get like, used to yeah, I guess Doha's going to be exactly the same. I mean, we had world champs in 2015 and, like say, going from air-conditioned room to, to hotel to bus. But then as soon as you step out, the waft of heat that hit you. Yeah, like you, you guys... We were out the field for like an hour and a half and, yeah. mate, I tell you what, I, I think I probably drank three litre bottles of water and still was <laughs> dying of thirst. <laughs> yeah, like, I could, just, couldn't imagine being out there for that amount of time. Like, uh, I have the luxury of being in, in and out fairly quickly, hopefully under 44 seconds. But in, uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's very, I can imagine, draining on your body when you're out there, put a massive throw out, and then it's like, right, I've got to stay relaxed. And how do you handle that? How do you 
um, is it a, is it a mental thing or is it just purely physical like step like I said staying hydrated or yeah i think like like what we had um we had ice packs on okay. on our necks and, and and our bodies and we had like a there was a little vest that was full of ice packs and dipped in cold water that we got handed from our coaches over the side mm-hmm. and, and i was competing at night i thought i was as i think i was at 6 30 at night but it was 38 degrees and about 80 percent humidity it was bonkers um so there's no escaping it um obviously the sun's been down for a while and always dusk but yeah i think for me it was yeah it was really hard to kind of just i think it's just more the breathing in of hot air really got to me um like in warm-up obviously just trying to do just enough so you didn't expend too much energy because i mean if you went for a lap around the track and then did some stretching and did some drills you would just drip in and then all your clothes are wet and it automatically just puts you off and it kind of you don't want that before you compete and you don't want to be thinking about something else like oh i'm like i'm super sweaty like i'm Especially in the discus as well, like hands. What I noticed was I was using. Luckily, I had lots of chalk, but I was getting so sweaty in my palms that my discus was slipping because it's like it was raining because my palms were wet. Yeah, I was going to ask. It's a simple stuff. Yeah, it's a simple stuff like that that you don't factor in. Luckily, I always throw with chalk, but some of the other guys really struggled because their palms were so sweaty they couldn't couldn't Mm. rip onto the disc. So it's those little things where you just have to think about every minute detail because. It could be the the case between winning and losing. Um, yeah. And it's really good that you guys are out somewhere that's blistering hot um, and you're having to put yourself through, you know, very similar conditions to what um, you can recompete in it. Yeah. I find it really odd that some people have turned down the opportunity to be here. I don't think they really... I think they're underestimating the heat. I think... Um, I think uh, wisdom uh, was lacking in the, their decisions um, from their coaches and athletes just to be like oh we don't need to go to dubai we've got this covered well everyone who's been here even the guys who are based in the caribbean have been struggling with the heat because it's just different there's nothing unless you train in a heat chamber all year round you don't know what it's like to be in 40 to 40 degrees when you start your warm-up it's just it's a whole different ball ball game um so yeah some people may we might see some surprising results i think the smartest guys seem to have gone to the super hot countries just to get as acclimatized as they possibly can. And obviously then they manage the training whilst they're there. Um, like I know with my sessions, everything's done on decision. We have a plan, plan A, but we also have plan B, C, D for what, how my body feels on that day. There's uh, and how the body's reacting to certain, like just being hot. So it's a, uh, it's a uh, definitely a challenge, but I'm glad British athletics have brought us out here. Thank um, I don't know who's paid for it. Someone's paid for it, but thank you to them. <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, so uh, it's uh, yeah, it's different. And the food. Oh, mate, what? Let it, me just say that was what I was going to come. That's what I was going to. I mean, some some places we go to, and we're both big eaters, and, and we love our food. <laughs> but me probably a little bit, a bit too much. Um, yeah, same as but that. I've got a dad it, bod going it can on. Be, it can be quite obviously. Dubai is going to be completely different to everywhere else, but. What is the food like? Because uh, you go to some places and it's a drastic change to what your normally normal diet or is day in day out, and and how you prepare for a champs. Like, how does the hotel food differ from what you have at home? Um, the food here is exceptional. Um, we're very fortunate to be well looked after. We've got a nutritionist out here, 
um, and I think he's been in contact with the chefs for a while before we got here. So there's quite a lot of meat, uh, good quality meat, good quality vegetables, good quality, like we've got our rice, rice dishes, noodle dishes and stuff. Um, huge salad bar, lots of hummus. Oh, lovely hummus. Um, See, I'm not, yeah, I, just, I'm not, I just can't get my head around hummus. It's, it's not something for you, is it? No, no. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a strange one, but obviously, yeah, if you love it and it's, Oh mate, it's it, it's super it's tropical. When you've been brought up on meat and potatoes, it's super tropical, and um, it's a uh, it's 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 a of good quality. Uh, it's not the normal stuff you get off the shelf in Tesco. I can tell you that for free. Um, uh, so yeah, we're very lucky with the food. It's it's brilliant. We well they've um, been very flexible with the food times as well. Obviously, everybody's training in the evening here, um, so breakfast they've moved it back so it finishes at 11 o'clock so that people can stay in bed if they need to stay in bed or if they've got a late session whatever it kind of uh, they've done they've done everything in their power to help us and that's what's the theme of Dubai has been so far like they've gone out of their way to make us uh, make it as good as uh, preparation as possible which has been fantastic um, I think um, sorry the vibe is just very positive as well so far I think it's very hard to be negative when you're in this kind of environment yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, I mean, like some, I've still already seen like some people go, oh, you know, the difference between um, obviously going away and to a, you know, a nice plush hotel, really good food. And, and I've seen some people comment that, it, you know, it can make you a bit soft, which I, I don't believe. I just think it, you know, it gives us the best opportunity to prepare. If we're the best prepared, then the the chances and percentage chance of us getting more medals is is going to be greater. Like, Definitely. Yeah. Have exactly. You- I've just just seen some comments. That's all um, on social media. It's it's a bit weird that the, like the public might think that we're not. Obviously, you guys and, and us later on, but we're not out there to do um, do the best for the country, and, and we're there just for a bit of a jaunt and a bit of a holiday. Yeah, like having done both sides where we've gone to camp. So like our holding camp in Belo Horizonte before the Olympics in Rio, the food was crap. Um, People were queuing up in the evening because the food was so bad to get toast, you know. So we found ourselves going to McDonald's because that was at least we knew what we were getting at McDonald's. And that's kind of like, well, I I don't know. Do do people want to see us go hunting for our food to make it like, (laughs) <laughs> to make sure we earn it do you know what I mean like it's not something that um, is going to help us perform at the level that we're expected to perform so um, I don't know if it makes us soft I think it just means that we're like well well looked after and prepared there's no excuses you know like if we perform badly then it's on us it's not on the support network that's gone around us and that's that's a, a, a burden I think a lot of athletes are willing to take like they're willing to take the highs to um put themselves in the best position possible i think uh, if they mess up then it, we've got to understand it's down to us which uh, i think we've both uh, we've both understood that over years haven't we that's probably why we've done this sport for so long it's kind of like we understand yeah. like it's and all down to you gotta take it yeah take it for what it is like we're in we're in like such a immensely pressured environment that um you know winning and losing is so finite you need to need to be able to take Take these opportunities, but also put yourself in the best conditions to prepare. So, yeah. How know, do you f- if it happens? If it happens to be there, then so be it. How do you find it? Uh, do you, having done the Commonwealths to going to uh, a Paralympic event, is there a huge difference in it between able-bodied and Paralympic sport? 
Um, not really. I'd I'd say obviously the Paralympics is the pinnacle. I'd say more. Um, obviously, I haven't been to the Commonwealth Games. is is huge, but the there is we as Britain always look towards going towards the elite and the the nicer hotels where it's going, you can get nicer food and everything. Obviously, not every country can afford it because we've got such a great funding system, but we always find ourselves so much better prepared than other countries and I think that's why we're so as a you know Paralympic athletics team are so much more successful because yeah. we're always willing to to go to the nth degree spend that little bit more um invest in our athletes and and really kind of that's what's notable about our performances Paralympic Games obviously is, is pretty much bang on the same as as the Commonwealth Games I should imagine the same as the Olympic Games um you've got to kind of fight for your if you place in the food hall with other countries and, <laughs> yeah. um, it's down to you you know I think what most people get lost in those kind of champs are that you know as soon as you land in the Olympic Village then it's down to you to organise when you have breakfast when you have lunch where they've gone from this nice cushy number where it's all designated and you know this is what time you sit down for breakfast lunch and, and dinner and you do that between your training schedules in the Olympic Village it's completely different isn't it like it's upon the onus is upon you to then get up make sure you get up for breakfast Make sure you go for lunch, which sounds really simple, but when you're in a pressured environment like that, you can kind of lose your head on on confidence yeah, you, and, and you do lose you track, know, don't you? Yeah, not being able to find people in the same coloured um <laughs> jerseys and tracksuits. You know what I mean? You might just go for breakfast, you might just have to sit on your own. Which for me when I first went to Sydney in two thousand God knows when when I was eighteen was it was a bit of an experience because, you know, he's like, Oh, okay, I'm just sat on my own having some breakfast but in reality, now looking back, it's not a problem because you're so used to it. And I think, I think for, for like world champs and, and European champs, that's where we come into our own, and that's why we perform so much better. Is because our network and our support system and what we do in the hotels and and even just before champs is is so far greater than what other teams maybe do. Yeah, I think we've got the same hotel. Obviously, we've both got to get there uh, for Tokyo. Um, so in Yokohama, I think we're we're all, all in exactly the same setup, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. That's that's one positive is that that Paralympics GB has always been okay. Right, what's good enough for the Olympic guys? Is good enough for us. So yeah, it's like it's brilliant that that we've got um got the same venues and stuff. But see, I, but, I went. We went to see it when we were in Yokohama for the World Relays, and uh, it's another plush plush hotel in the. I can't remember what district it's in in Yokohama, but it's it's a nice area to be in, and it's um, yeah, you'll enjoy it. I know I we had dinner there one evening and it was fantastic. So hopefully we both made the teams. <laughs> Talk to I'm, me about I'm literally touching touching wood like now. Yeah, I know. Trust. <laughs> yeah, mate. We've got one more year. One, one more year. One more. Just eke it out. And then what's it's like you said the vibe was really good. Like um mm. you know you said like people obviously go and train elsewhere and then come in. Does that like does it affect it or does it make it better that that then um, the team increases and then you see some of your buddies that maybe have gone to altitude or I think Nick it Miller's depends kind of obviously like uh, we, we do predominantly an individual sport I'm I'm here for the relay and um, we've seen it in the 4x1 like all the 4x1 runners are here and I think that's had a massive positive impact for them as a squad um, so I think that's brilliant that they're here I think um, the the if the there's no real egos about at the moment I think everyone's just kind of like look you're all here to do the best that you can for yourself and for your country. So everyone's just trying to help each other out a bit. Here. It seems nice. It seems a nice vibe. I think um, tab- tables are mixing up. It's not just it, 
I've been to championships in the last couple of years where it seems to be quite segregated um, in certain groups. And like, so London would sit here and the North will sit there and endurance groups sit over there, sprints will sit here, whatever. Whereas I think um, there's been a, I definitely feel like a lot of us senior older athletes are just trying to mix it up and sit around different people and try to get different chat. Do you know what I mean? Try uh, try and spread uh, our knowledge the same way we're spreading it on the podcast, you know, like just trying to like, hear what people have to say ask, see if they've got any questions as well it's like um, myself and Rab have been very conscious of trying to be there for other people like in a way that we can help them um, if there's anything we can give them advice on if there's anything that we can uh, help them through or tell them not to do something you know it's just that we've been trying our best to help out here so yeah, it seems quite cool uh, the elder, elder statesmen of the team yeah we're just old boys isn't it we got a lot to say because they're grumpy old men. <laughs> but, um, and then, um, yeah, like how do you how do you feel your down downtime? Because it's quite obviously when you're at home, busy family man. Yeah. What um you know what what do you do apart from play PUBG? That was going to be your first answer. Uh, read. I've started reading a book uh, by Ant Middleton. Um, he's the guy SOS who dares wins. Yeah, um, he's, um, he's got a mighty fear. beard as well. He has a fantastic beard. Uh, his book, The Fear Bubble, uh, I read his first book and it was a good read, uh, so I thought I'd get the second book. 15 quid! 50. <laughs> we need to write a book, Rooney. We, we need, need to write, write some books. books. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. I was books. like, bloody hell. 15 quid. Definitely hardback just... is a bit more expensive as well. Oh, it's not even that. It's not even, it's a softback. But, but is it worth fifteen pounds? Well, I'm sure if I get uh, a couple of days enjoyment out of it, then I'll take it. It's uh, it's better than watching Rabba walk around in his pants. A, yeah, different <laughs> different perspective as well, isn't it? Like, like uh, he, he's obviously been through like some serious war zones and um, SAS training and everything else. Different mm-hmm. mindset, so it'd be really like be quite interesting to switch off and, and get someone else different perspective whilst you're out there. One hundred do battle. Well, I think um, I was very lucky to, on the flight to Dubai, uh, I sat next to a great gentleman called Sid, who was, uh, he's also someone who's been in the army and who was in the army for somewhere near like 20 years. And uh, he was just saying like, if you ever want me to come in and speak to young athletes or whatever, you just do it because he, he wants to help in any way and do it for free. And I was like, this is the kind of people I feel like I would have loved to have spoken to as a young athlete and I still will listen to. I think they have a lot to offer because like um, you listen to the likes of Chris Ekabusi and you listen to likes of all those uh, army guys, people who've been through the services like Kelly Holmes and stuff. They have a level of discipline and uh, and are willing to go to the next level of training because that's what's ingrained in them as part of the army training and uh, it'd be great to have them come on board and talk to us. So. I'm doing my own personal study, reading these books. Have you have you read any of the the army kind of guys' books or anything yourself? Um, no, unfortunately, no, I've not. Um, I, I did I did want to read Admittance um, and then his um, his other co-star, I guess, or star in that um, SAS Who Dares Wins is um, I think it's Ollie. He's, uh, he's, he's got a book out as well, hasn't he? Yeah, he's got a book out as well. Yeah. We've all got books out. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to get involved, Dan. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really interesting take, isn't it, on just something that their lives are, um, I guess, um, far more uh, pressured and in a way that we would never experience being in a war zone. But um, 
into a similar extent um, just how to cope with all the different dealings of life is really interesting especially from from those perspectives do you who's the best speaker that you've ever listened to about like as a motivational speaker it's actually a referee and it was really funny but he also he was really is really good at life skills um it obviously i think he grew up on the wrong tracks took taking various different paths in his life um i can't it was um mike dean i think it was mike dean or um mike riley one of the two anyway i can't think of his name now one of, yeah one of those he, boys. but he was just really he put things in into a really um deep and meaningful perspective and it was the kind of the least likeliest thing you'd heard a referee would probably say would probably say or speak about but it was actually like where we'd come from in his life and where he got to through um various ups and downs and pitfalls and everything and it, it, yeah it really it really resonated like I remember it's um i think it was in a, a kind of a sports awards evening and it was only 15 minutes but later went on to 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 hear him speak again for an hour um at a sports event and it was it was just amazing it was so fascinating um what about yourself uh i've had a couple of one or two really good ones and i've also had one really bad one where you left the room going that was shit (laughs) shall i say which one was i'll tell you the good one the good one do you remember when we did a, a day for esp fitness you and me down at wembley Oh, and do you yeah. remember you, we met my namesake, Martin Rooney, the American Martin guy? Rooney. So the last, uh, the he kind of he kind of gave me a big pep talk, like just a one-on-one pep talk for about half an hour at one stage, and it really gave me a kick up the ass. <laughs> and it was like that was like I'd watched him do his big stage thing, and it was really fun to watch or whatever. But then when he gave me that kick up the ass, it was brilliant to hear like some of the stuff he was saying. It was like it was like a lot of talk about well, why can't you do that. What's stopping you? Who's stopping you? Why are you stop? Why are you stopping yourself? Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, I think we had a really bad one from uh, a very very good four hundred meter runner once, <laughs> and he was just <laughs> oh, yeah. boring. I know. Didn't inspire anyone. Everyone left the room with their heads going. Well, well, that was a waste of money. Um, so that was one guy. But uh, <laughs> no, I think uh, these books have been very helpful for me. There was another book called Winners by uh, Alistair Campbell and that's something i've always invited people to read it's um you don't have to like alistair campbell to read the book if you know what i mean and he interviews some unbelievable people like basically his the book is he goes around and interviews people who are highly successful in any field that they're in so it doesn't it's sport it's business it's politics it's uh the media art whatever it is like he's just he goes around and he finds common themes between all of them um, and how you might be able to implement them into your own you don't he doesn't he, there's no like advice in it it's just like it's there for you to use do you know what I mean and work it out yourself and he, he actually spoke to us once um, as a relay squad after 2017 and that was pretty good so like I said you don't actually have to like him or agree with his politics but he did have a lot of good stuff to say so how's your prep yeah. been going then mate like I know obviously this time you're just solely for the for the relay, is that kind of changed your setup? Uh, obviously, you've got not not as many rounds to get through, so do you prepare differently? It's different. Like now, we have a mixed relay. Um, at the start of the championships, we have a squad of seven men, and I think it's maybe a couple more female athletes. And 
uh, as far as I'm, we're aware, everybody here is available for the mixed relay. Um, we'll see, obviously see what happens with the politics of all that. Obviously, people have individuals to worry about. Um, and I understand they have their personal goals. Um, I think there's just a bit of politics around. Like, obviously, we've, we've all signed, if we're funded, we've all signed our agreement which says we'll focus on relay as a priority. Um, so if you've taken the funding, that's kind of like, you should accept that you've signed a contract that says relay's your main goal. Uh, I'm at a very different stage of my career, so obviously I have one opinion on that, and then I'm sure people who are much younger than me will, will have a different opinion on it. But um, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. The mixed relay is a, probably our best opportunity of a medal out of all the relays um, in the four by fours, I think. We have a strong 4x4 team and um, I think the women's 4x4, they've got uh, a very tough challenge, but I think they could do all right. So it's, it's going to be very interesting to see how it goes. Um, but it's, it's very interesting to see the dynamic of who's buying in and who's not buying into it. Um, uh, it's been very interesting. Like, I don't want to name names. I don't want to put anyone in a hole or put myself in a hole more than anything. But uh, it's uh, there is definitely some people who are really excited about it. And uh, it's great to see some... Because uh, is that an Olympic event now? It is, event? yeah. It is, yeah. So UK Sport love it because it's another medal. <laughs> another medal opportunity. Um, and uh, I think if we obviously had the same system as the Polish athletes, we'd probably have no one running the individuals and just have them, everyone doing the relays. Unless they were capable of winning an individual medal, they'd be told, right, your job is to win a medal for Great Britain, not for yourself. Uh so it's very interesting at the moment, um, but we'll see. Uh. Yeah, it'd be, um, it'd be really fun to watch as well. It's just like, I think jazzing, jazzing up the sport. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of exciting, isn't it? Because it's very st strategical, as we saw in the um, European Cup. Uh, you know, yeah. you put your fastest person on the first leg against the, the lady, or like, do you go male yeah, to male? how do you mix or, it up? Like, yeah. How do you work it out? Yeah, it's really, it's really good, really interesting. It's a great watch. It's something I, I've... I wanted to do earlier and hopefully I'll get the opportunity to do it in, in Doha. I think uh, it's definitely something that um, creates a lot of opportunities. I th I have uh, reservations about who should do it though. I feel like um, a lot of people obviously say, oh, why do we need another relay? We've got enough relay runners, blah, blah, blah. Like the throws and the jumps are struggling for to, to get into events and stuff. And then IWF throw in another event, which is another relay. But uh, I believe that if you have a team, so it's kind of controversial in a way that, but I believe if you if you have it if you have enough runners to run a normal four by four, you shouldn't do the mixed relay as well. So you do one or the other. Um, basically, creates more opportunities for smaller countries like Ecuador, or Chile, India, one countries that might have like four four hundred meter runners, like two two male, two female. And gives them an opportunity, but then obviously you might see the event as a B event, which is kind of like not what the IAAF want. So, like we all know that USA are going to dominate it because they have depth in both male and female four hundred meter running. But um, yeah, I think like probably from the IAAF perspective, it might if that if that occurs, then it just might dilute them putting an event on where they obviously want to see the likes of Britain, USA, Jamaica, yeah. Poland, Russia, all the guys just diving in. Um, yeah, yeah. the thing is the problem way. is uh it's just like countries like say bahamas so bahamas have the best 
one of the top three male 400 meter runners in the world and they have the best 400 meter female runner in the world but neither of them are going to be able to do it because their coaches won't let them do it because of the timetable um the focus will be on their winning their individual medals so it's a shame for the bahamas that like they probably had a team that could win it and beat the usa but unfortunately not they're going to be won't I, I don't assume i don't expect to see them there bahamas loss britain's gain we'll see is there anything you're looking forward to seeing in like uh on the world champs in doha um yeah i've seen a few things flying around on instagram where like it says who you're looking forward to seeing what events mm-hmm. obviously martin rooney and Leica with the bat in his hand is Ooh, gonna be right up there it's gonna be right up there um yeah, yeah for me obviously <laughs> get some abs do some abs and get some socks um <laughs> well i think as a discus rat yeah you know daniel star has been throwing immense he's been i think averaged like the most throws over 70 in a series this year um it's constantly at 68 69 meters it'll be interesting to see i know he didn't win the last world champs um but it'd be really interesting to see whether he can actually hold his nerve and, and mm-hmm. reproduce everything that they knows that he can do um there's a couple of guys like knocking on the door have come into some good form just recently so so that'd be really interesting i think the men's shot put also in the field events it's on fire at the minute there's yeah. four guys throwing over 22 30 which is unbelievable and so you could come forth with something that would previously have probably won by about half a meter yeah um, which in shot put terms is massive um and then yeah on the track i think like yeah like the one and twos will always be interesting um the four hurdles with christian warholm would be and see what he can do I think he if in shape obviously took the European record recently but if he can go even quicker then he can get close to that world record that'd be insane um, yeah I think uh, like, I think I guess it's like for everyone isn't it like who handles the heat the best and who's going to yeah. capitalise on their strategy and, and making sure that they've done all the prep and they're actually used to it and can uh, obviously just timed it right as well because so many people have done well this year great performances but it's you know it's nearly october it's, mm. it's bonkers it's very late. to try and peak this late in the year yeah i think you're right the, the men's shot put looks incredible tom walsh big boy hopefully gets it done um but like it's a great competition but the men's four hurdles yeah uh carsten is been on, has been on fire he he's actually gone straight to doha i think he's oh, has he yeah he's seen the dangers and he's worked it out like look the heat like i said is going to be the how do you handle it and obviously it's easy for him he'll just go use the facilities that's already there and um yeah that him there's like three guys there hopefully samba the local boy is healthy makes it a really um with rye benjamin and even mcmaster mcmaster uh it's it's one hell of a race and um yeah it's it's weird because it's like you take away those top four guys it's actually such a drop off like so, it's wide open. Hopefully, we can get a Brit in the final, maybe. Um, and then, yeah, what else looks good? The women's four hurdles looks incredible. Sydney McLaughlin versus Delilah Mohammed. Um, just when someone runs a world record, like how she did, and then then Sydney wins the Diamond League. It was like, wow, this is this is cool. I think obviously the Brits, you got like Dina running fantastically well. Hopefully we can see a hundred percent healthy Laura Muir, KJT out there. Um, I think 
who's going to be you got Zarnell and Adam running really well Miguel Francis in the 200 like there's there's sneaky medals here and there you know like other than the obvious like normal relay medals that we picked up four in London so that'd be great at getting if we can get five that'd be incredible but um yeah there's some really nice little opportunities there and hopefully yeah. as a British spectator it'll be a successful championships well we'll all be cheering you on mates yeah that'd be uh that'd be really good um is um whilst I'm out here is there anybody here. that uh listeners would like me to grab for a quick interview because I have a microphone I also uh am a big annoying person I'll bug them until they say yes so if um, if there's anybody you want me to ask grab, send even myself down a, D, uh, a DM or a tweet us or whatever and uh we'll try and get something sorted out as long as we get some permission from them and yeah, um put a few uh a few questions to a few of the stars obviously not, not hopefully not interrupt their prep but yeah. you, know, you could uh you could do like a bit of a roving reporter roving reporter that's it yeah i could be like you know uh, at the horse races where there's like the guy with the getting all the tipster and he's diving between the <laughs> the punters and whatever that could be me sharps, five to two on <laughs> that could be me i'll get like a horrible hat and terrible jacket Hey Dan, what's going on with you and your body? Oh me, um, yeah, old age, mate. Old I age. got reminded today that I won I won Paralympic gold fifteen years ago to the day, which fifteen years depressing. ago. It's not depressing. <laughs> fifteen years. Fifteen years. Um, no, yeah, I went. Um, I, I obviously pulled out the world champs um, due mm-hmm. to like the hip edema. It just hasn't improved. It's actually got worse. But even though I've done done relatively good things and in, in the gym and and um, core stability is good, so I think we just have to look at the bigger picture which is obviously health first um you know when henry's my son's gonna be in the, in his teens i want to be running around playing football with him i don't want to be looking at going to get a hip operation anytime soon um so that was first and foremost but then also the bigger picture is tokyo for me yep. we're, we're, you know just under a year away so it gives us a good year prep try and get it fixed up now uh, make sure that it doesn't happen and Obviously, it will be really annoying because it's the first time in 19 years that I've missed the champs. Yeah, that's um, I've gone to other champs injured before, but not obviously as bad as this. So, it's, yeah, it's frustrating. Um, it's, it's a new one as well, a new learning curve for me, how to kind of overcome this injury because it affects, obviously, I'm so right side dominant because my left side's a little bit weaker. So it's how we can then combat trying to improve my throw on that right side and, and making sure that it doesn't happen again and, to take you next year mate and smash it out of the park yeah mate I, I was really sorry to see that you pulled out but like I knew how much you'd been trying to work on and trying to do everything in your power to get ready for Dubai and it was just uh, you had to make the right decision you've made uh, to me mate as a as a, um, a fellow athlete and as a, as a mate it's just uh, I'm glad you've you've made the sensible decision and the right, right decision for next year um, like you said it's the first one in 19 years no one's ever expected to have careers that long so to to miss one you're kind of like all right sod it as long as i get that the next one that's all that yeah. matters yeah so. and that, and that's the thing like thanks mate it means a lot but it's like i just gotta make sure that i use and harness obviously bowing out of a world champs is in november which is it's quite awkward anyway mm. really make sure that by the time tokyo comes that it's just a distant memory and then obviously going to a Paralymp- another Paralympic Games would just be amazing and um, 
obviously to come back with a, another medal would just be immense. So that's yeah, that's, firmly that's fixed in my mind at the minute. So does that mean when I get back from Doha that you're not going to be getting ready for world champs? Does that mean we're going to get tanked? That means I could be <laughs> <laughs> splendid. It could be big. I did get um, so obviously when I announced that I wasn't going to the world champs, I got three or four texts going. Does this mean that we can go and party? And more commiseration than anything else. But um, yeah, yeah, it does mean we can have. We 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 shall celebrate your success at the uh, imminent world championships for sure, mate. I look forward to it. Cool. Well, it's been great chatting to you, mate. It's been obviously we're not playing PUBG this time, which is a a little bit unusual. So we're not collecting level three backpacks and helmets, but. no, it's been really good chatting. It's been really good to actually to get an insight because obviously going to world champs and everything, not everyone gets to to hear what it's like at a prep camp. Um, mm-hmm. And just yeah, just just hearing that has been really obviously insightful for me, having been to a few myself. Brilliant. Um, and I guess yeah, mate, I just wish you all the best in your prep. And um, I think we'll do another one post your race, just so you can prepare um, for whichever relays it will be, whether it's the mixed or the four before. Yeah, we'll get something done whilst I'm out there. I think uh, I'll have enough time, so we might as well get something done. Brilliant. All right, all the best, mate, and uh, we'll speak to you soon. Cheers, Dan. We really hope you enjoyed that episode, and once again, thank you for listening. Um, Please like, subscribe, and review our podcasts on iTunes and Spotify. And please get in touch on social at DiscusDan and at Martin Rooney. We'd love to hear all of your comments, feedback, and for future pods. Thanks again.